I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. This is the Build Your Best Family podcast, and today we're talking about faith, family, fitness, and fun. Family culture is comprised of how a family relates to one another, works together, and achieves their goals. It also includes their values, the language they use, and the activities that they do together. Now, my family, we love to travel, play games, host friends and family, and we even love to work out. Sometimes we do it together, and sometimes we do it on our own. Now, the way that we do life as a family together, that didn't just happen overnight. It was actually a series of trying different things to see what clicked and then making those things that we enjoyed a priority. The activities that families do together isn't just about keeping busy and having fun. They're so much more powerful than that because when we do them together over a long period of time, they become a part of who we are. Those shared hobbies and passions, they give us an opportunity to express our values, to bond with one another, and, as in the case of this week's guest, grieve and heal emotionally and spiritually from a tragic loss. This week's guest, Dorina Gilmore-Young, wrote Walk, Run, Soar. It's a 52-week devotional and training journal designed for runners who hope to experience God's presence and purpose and glory in a deeper way as they run. In my conversation with Dorina, she shares with us how running turned into an outlet for her and her family after she lost her husband, and then how getting remarried changed the culture of her home. I just love how an activity, and in this case running, brings so much joy and strength to a family. It can become a part of their identity, as well be the very thing that holds us together when life doesn't go as planned. I'm curious, guys, what are some of the things that your family loves to do together. I'm also curious, what are the things that your friends know you will say heck yes to when given the chance? I'd love to talk more about this on Instagram or in the Build Your Best Family community group. Do you want to know what your kids really think of you? We've created the Family Retreat Packet so you can find out and get honest feedback on how you're doing as a family. It's a 360 peer review, but for families. Not only does it include assessment questions, but a sample itinerary, a packing list, and activity suggestions so you can make a fun weekend out of it. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash shop, and for only $4.99, you can download your copy. Today, I'm talking with Dorina Gilmore-Young. Dorina is a writer, speaker, former news reporter, and longtime runner. She blogs at DorinaGilmore.com and is a contributor on Dayspring's Encourage writing team. Dorina's husband, a marathoner and Ironman triathlete Sean Young, provides the practical running tips in Walk, Run, Soar. Together, the Youngs coach cross-country, track, and marathon teams. They live in California, raising three daughters to love the cultural diversity, beautiful landscapes, and unique food of the state. 
Sharina. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast. I got to meet you through an online writers group, Hope Writers, and then we went to a conference in Nashville back in November and all of the Hope Writers got together and I had the opportunity to sit across from you at lunch and hear about your story and hear about your book months before it came out. And now it's here. And so I'm so excited for our listeners to hear all about it. Kimberly, thanks so much for inviting me to be on your podcast today. So we're going to ask you a question that we ask all our guests, and that is, what is your family known for? That is such a fun question. Well, our family is known for running. We are a running family. We have three daughters, and all three of our daughters, I have one in elementary, one in middle school, and one in high school this year. So we're kind of straddling all the different schools, and all three of my girls like to run. I have a sprinter, I have a distance runner, and I have an eight-year-old who's still figuring it out, and mommy and daddy who love to run as well. And that kind of started um, even when my husband, Eric Lee, and I first got married. He and I were both runners. We met on a mission trip to Haiti, and we were doing a track and field camp there in Haiti for kids. And so running was kind of the theme of how we got connected as friends and then eventually got married. And part of my story is that um, after 11 years of marriage, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. So in 2014, he got a devastating diagnosis, stage four melanoma cancer. And he what I like to call graduated to heaven three short months later of that same year. So in September of 2014, I found myself a widow with three kids. My girls were ages two, five, and eight at that time. And I knew that I needed to figure out how to run again. And I needed to learn how to run without my coach. Eric Lee had been my coach for years. He had run by my side. He had pushed my girls in the jogging stroller. And that journey of learning to run again is really the place where God brought a lot of healing for me and for my Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that you have that, that that bonds you together and that you guys share that. That's amazing. So I want you to tell us more about your book, Walk, Run, Soar. Why did you write it and who did you write it for? Well, this book is kind of fun because it came out of just that love for running. Through the years, I have used a little app called RunKeeper, which you just kind of keep track of your miles on it. And on RunKeeper, there is a place where you can share notes. And so whenever I would come home from a run, I would always just jot down a couple of paragraphs, something that God put on my heart or a Bible verse that came to mind, a reflection. And sometimes I would share those on Facebook. And so long story short is I had several friends who had suggested, hey, you should put this in a book. Like we would love to read this in a book. And then my agent as well said, I'm not a runner, but I'm really inspired by what you share about your running. And as I mentioned, part of my healing journey was learning to run again, running by myself. And eventually I started trail running with a group of mommies. And part of the redemption of our story is that I got remarried in 2016 to a man named Sean Young. Um, Ironically, he was on that very first mission trip where Eric Lee and I met and Sean was in our wedding. He was one of the supporters of our nonprofit ministry for many years. And Sean was also a runner, a coach. He was a triathlete. He was great friends with my husband, Eric Lee. And by God's crazy design, he brought Sean and I together. 
um, later. So in 2016, got married to Sean and Sean and I are continuing this culture of running, not just for our girls, but here in our community, we love to coach people. Sean's a personal coach. And then we also coach at our girls school for the track and field and cross country teams. So that's really how the books came together. I wrote the devotionals and then Sean wrote coaching tips and gathered some inspirational quotes from different runners. And he helped me put those in each of the chapters. So it was really a collaborative project. Mm -hmm. I love that this book came out of your family's culture, out of who you already are. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to write a book. What should I write about? It literally is just an extension of the life that you guys were already living. And I love the authenticity of that. And I, I mean, it's fantastic. I absolutely love it because I'm a runner. And so I was excited to get on the book, be a part of your launch team, get a sneak peek of it. My, my, my book just came, my book just came out, came yesterday. Yep. (laughs) So yeah, it's so good shipping get, delays. Yeah, yeah. So it's so good to get my hands on it. I, I think it's incredible and I, I, I love the story behind it. A good story goes a long way with me. Tell me again about how did you get started with running? You went on this trip, but what is it like before this trip? Definitely. Yeah. So I was a runner since I was a little girl. I started running probably in third or fourth grade. I was always a soccer player and my dad invited me actually to train for my first 10K race. And I think it's third grade. So pretty early on, it was so fun because this was the quality time that I could get with my daddy and we would go out, we would run together. He would talk to me about breathing and running form and stamina and all those things. And we trained for this race. I grew up on the South side of Chicago. So it was a fun race because it kind of went through the neighborhoods of Chicago and we did that race together. And then we did several races after that. And so that was kind of the seed that was planted in my heart that I loved running. And then I ended up being a track and field athlete in high school and really fell in love with running there. And, you know, as an adult, um, I, I ended up, I did consider doing sports in college, but because I was going into journalism, I pursued the newspaper. And so as an adult, then I started to run a little bit longer distance races, like 10 Ks and half marathons. Um, in high school, I was a hurdler and a sprinter, which, you know, when you get older, it's a little bit harder to go out and practice those events. And so I've really fallen in love with the half marathon distance. And I also have done a couple of marathons as well. Mm-hmm. So what was it like to get your kids into running? I know that you and Eric Lee were runners. Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it just so natural because it's what you did or was there some pushback? Well, honestly, you know, this was the culture of our family. We were coaches. And so our girls were born during a season when Eric Lee and I were coaching at the high school where he taught. So we would just, you know, I'd put them in the baby Bjorn or the jogger stroller, and I would bring them out to the track. They grew up around other track athletes. They would go to all the meets. So it wasn't that we necessarily said, we're going to be a running family and you kids are going to run. It's just that it was natural for them. And they, all their friends were high schoolers that they saw who were running and competing. And they were kind of the team mascots. So they were cheering and giving out waters and, and all of that. So I think of course, you know, that built an early kind of culture for them. Something that was normal for them was being around runners. And then as they got into elementary and middle school, now high school, 
they started to venture out on their own as athletes. And we began to see some of their own, you know, different skills. Each of them are unique. Each of them are gifted in different ways. And as I mentioned, Sean and I now coach and one of the things we do every fall is that we coach a team of people that do a half marathon or a 10K and they raise money for Haiti. So we've been doing that. Well, I think we're on year 11. I started it with Eric Lee and then Sean jumped in when oh. we got married. So for 11 years, we've been raising money for Haiti. My girls have watched us as we have brought people from basically the couch to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And So I would say some of it, you know, is just kind of bringing kids along. If you're trying to build a culture around something, and especially when it comes to exercise, it doesn't work so well to say you're going to go out and do this and, you know, kind of having this forceful attitude, but to just say, hey, come along. If you want to sit and, you know, play in the sand pit while mommy and daddy are running, or if you want to run in the sprinklers in the middle of the track while we're doing this workout, that's great. And just them being in the proximity, I think, has helped them build their interest. Yeah. Every year we sign up for a race on Thanksgiving. And when the kids were little, we, we didn't really force them. We're like, you have to do the mile run because you can't stay home by yourself. You have to come to the event. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Although we would find somebody, somebody who was coming to visit for Thanksgiving or somebody to take them home. And then me and my husband would do the long run. And now it's gotten to the point where they can do the long one run with us. And it's just something we do. We don't, our our family members, they know we're not going to come to dinner until maybe one o'clock because we're up running. So like when I hear you talk about, you just, you just do it and they come along for the ride. And, you know, there's been years where they haven't done it, but on the years that they decide not to do it, they sit on the lawn because the race goes past our house and they cheer and they've got the blanket on and they're supportive and talking to the neighbors and doing the things. So I think just constantly including them in things is huge. And I love how you talked about doing that, that Thanksgiving race, because I think it's also about kind of building those traditions. Mm -hmm. We do the turkey trot here locally every year for Thanksgiving. And there's a couple of other races that are traditions for our family. So it's something that you look forward to, whether you're running or you're cheering people on, um, just being a part of it. Yeah, for sure. So now you talked, I mean, obviously your family has so much fun running and exercising together, but it's done a few other things for you. So what has it done for your family to be able to participate in this together? Well, one of the things I talk about a lot in my book is just the healing quality of running. And really, it doesn't have to be running. It could be walking. It could be movement in another way. But for me, personally, as the mama, I needed to get outside. I needed to work through some of my grief after my husband's death. I needed to physically sweat. And in some ways, the tears, I had real tears, but I also had sweat as my tears as I was working through that hard season and being a single mom for the first time, having my kids Um, I was with them pretty much 24-7, except for when I'd go out on a run. And so for me, that was kind of my personal time. But I think also that exercise was important for my girls. And my husband, Eric Lee, was a CrossFit coach as well as a runner and a triathlete. So the girls spent a lot of time growing up in the gym with him when he was training clients. And so there was a special connection for them that was part of their memory of their dad. And so just as an example, every year on April 2nd, which was his birthday, we do a birthday workout in his honor. And so we'll do, you know, 
it might be the year that he would have turned, say, 43 or 45. So we'll do something with the number 45 in it, whether it's jumping jacks or sit-ups or 4.5 miles. And we invite other people on social media who are his friends to do that with us. And it's just become a special thing because it kind of helps us celebrate his life on a day that is an anniversary where we're also grieving. And I've noticed for my girls that that has made such a meaningful difference for them to remember that their dad in a positive way. And so I would say that running has also not just helped us physically, but emotionally and spiritually in working through our grief and connecting with God. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think that's super special. We often think of fitness and running as just this thing that we have to do. And some of us like it and some of us don't, but I think there's so much more to it than that. Definitely. So talk to me about your family culture because you had this family culture, your husband passed away, you now have a new family. What is it like and how has your culture changed? That's such a great question. You know, I was thinking about how, you know, running has definitely been consistently a part of our culture, but then it's changed a bit over time as well. And we certainly are involved with the running, involved with the coaching. But one of the things that my new husband, Sean, has brought to the table is he has taught us the value of rest. So when Sean and I first started dating, he was coming off of a year where he had done several Ironman triathlons. And if you're not familiar with the Ironman or listeners are not familiar with it, it is a crazy race where you swim, bike, and then you run a marathon at the end. And so for Sean, training was like 20 hours a week. It was probably a part-time job for most people, Mm -hmm. right? And that was the exercise portion of it. But then he was very diligent about also resting. And then the fuel or the food that he put into his body was another component of being an athlete in that way. And so when we started to date, it was just very interesting because, you know, here's this guy who's a bachelor, who's an athlete. He trained 20 hours a week or more. He was used to taking really long naps on Saturdays and Sundays. And I mean... <laughs> Here's me, right? I'm a single mom of three girls under the age of eight. I'm looking at him like, you're crazy. I don't even remember the last time I took a nap, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of thought to myself, yeah, buddy, that's not, that's not going to happen when you join our family. That's definitely something that's going to change. But I like to laugh about that now because what happened is actually Sean changed the culture of our family. And he taught us the value of rest and not just as an athlete, but I mean, I would take a nap and he would congratulate me. Mm -hmm. He would make me feel good for resting and for taking time to myself. And especially after years of, you know, being a working mom and just in a nonprofit ministry that required a lot of Eric Lee and me, I really, I didn't know that culture. And even going a little bit farther back to my childhood, my parents did not model that type of rest. Um, My parents were high achievers. My mom was a teacher. And so Now I realize that that was such a gift that Sean gave us. And guess what we do on the weekends? We go for long runs and we take naps. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, and I, <laughs> it's like rest is not only sleeping. So I do want to clarify that there's different types of rest. And, and one of the things I'm really passionate about is sharing that we need restorative rest. So that might look different for you, Kimberly, than it does for me. Mm-hmm. Actually resting for me is going out on a run because my soul is resting. I'm out in creation. I'm breaking the rhythm of my work. And then I'll come home maybe in sleep, take a little nap on a Sunday afternoon. But for someone else, it might be painting or reading God's word or, you know, just even being in silence or maybe it's doing something with your family, like taking a bike ride. Those are all different forms of rest that can restore us. And so rest isn't just sleeping, although, of course, sleep is one of the most important things in probably the way that we're most deprived of rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this idea of intentionally resting. So right when quarantine happened, my husband got my son into biking. So I have a 13 year old son. And what happened was, is that, you know, everyone was social distancing. No one was hanging out with each other. And I think that my husband just needed somebody to go with them, you know, cause he'll go out for a 20 mile bike ride. But during the weekends, it's like anywhere between 40 and 50 miles. And I think he just wanted someone for, to have company, but they'll come back from a bike ride on the weekend. And then they'll end up napping, napping. And I'll be like, this isn't fair, <laughs> but they need it. it. It is something that they really, really enjoy. But it's, it demands a lot of you. And I think to do the exercise well, that you do need to rest. And, and it's not just, oh, they get to go out for a bike ride. It's this whole thing. It's a whole pie. Yeah, sure. I love how you articulated that. I think, and that's part of the culture, right? Because you have, you have to make time for that. Mm-hmm. So our mm-hmm. kids know Saturday's long run day. Yeah. We go long runs. We make a nice breakfast or smoothie when we get home. We have a little bit more downtime. So they kind of understand that that's part of our rhythm. And on Sunday mornings, my husband goes out on a long run on his own. That's his solo time. And then I stay home and usually have a little bit longer time reading God's word and getting Mm -hmm. breakfast ready, that kind of thing. So we do have what I call a rhythm. We're not rigid with it. And we have some weeks we don't do it, but it's a rhythm that we like to fall into to rest. Yeah. I think rhythms are so much more effective than sticking to a really rigid routine for sure. Yeah. All right. So what advice would you give listeners that want to start doing something physical with their families? How can they find an activity or passion that they can stick with? You know, I think it's just about trying things out. We need to just give ourselves permission to experiment. You know, this quarantine time, I think I've, I've seen a lot of families taking on some new hobbies and just really exercising together, at least here in my neighborhood in central California, uh, before it got smoky with the fires, there was just tons of people out walking and running, riding bikes. I'm seeing kids on skateboards and I was really surprised actually the first few weeks when things had shut down because we were like, wow, look how many kids live in our neighborhood. (laughs) We don't get to see them all the time because normally they're involved in sports and, you know, not necessarily outside at home. So I would just give people that advice of, of let yourself get started. And if you discover, hey, bike riding is not for our family, or maybe like you were mentioning, your husband and your son love that time together. It's not that everyone has to always be together and to just kind of pay attention to some of those nuances. Kids have different personalities. So for my girls, it's really important that I enlist them in the decision-making. And so I'll ask them, 
okay, you know, what are some things that we could do? We really need to get outside this weekend. Would you girls like to go on a little road trip to the mountains? Would you like to go on a bike ride or would you like to, you know, walk at sunset or something like that. Those are some common things Mm -hmm. that we like to do. So I'll give them choices and all the choices are being active, right? But then they feel a little bit more ownership because they've chosen. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They're so much more on board when you feel like you've given them an option and it's less about the thing you do and more about, like you said, just getting outdoors. We're going to do something to get outdoors. And then the consistency of that is what makes a big difference. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up, but I want you to share with me what, give me one spiritual lesson that you share in the book that you've learned through running. Oh, it's hard to boil it down to one because there's 52 weeks. I know. And I didn't prepare (laughs) you for it, but like, give me an example. If I pick up this book, what am I, what am I going to read? Well, I talk about all different races and different lessons that I have learned from running. And one of the ones that is my favorite actually comes from my high school days when I used to run hurdles. And I talk about James chapter one, verses two and three, where it says, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And I love that scripture. And whenever I'm running hurdles, when I was learning how to run hurdles, I was starting to make that correlation like running a hurdle is like a trial in our life. And one of the things that was really interesting about learning to run the hurdles, it wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to do. My coach threw me into this race when we were at a track meet one day and there weren't a lot of girls in the race. He's like, I think you'd be really good at this. I just want you to try it. And so he threw me into this race and then after that race, I was like, oh, I love hurdles. It was the challenge that I just was really attracted to. Mm -hmm. And then I did some more intentional coaching, um, a a hurdle coach who came and coached me. And one of the things that coach, Mr. Kritzberg, he said to me is, I don't want you to jump over the hurdle. I want you to run through the hurdle. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of the chapters in my book. I think it's number 10 where I talk about this idea that if we focus on the hurdle in our life, the trial in our life, we are spending so much time and so much energy focusing on that hurdle when we could be running straight through it. And so Mr. Kritzberg would tell me, I want your eyes on the horizon. When you get to that hurdle, I want you to just slightly raise up and go over it and then snap your front leg down and keep running. And it's a subtle thing, but it's actually a really powerful thing that we don't spend all of our time strategizing about how we could get around the hurdle or how far we could jump over the hurdle, which especially when I'm coaching kids to first learn how to do hurdles, they want to jump as high as they can because they do not want to touch that hurdle. And what a great correlation for our lives too, right? We see things that are challenging And we think, oh, well, how can I get around this? Or how can I jump as far away from this as I possibly can when maybe that challenge or that trial is the thing that God is going to use in our lives to build resilience and to get us to the finish line, so to speak. And so that's just one of the lessons that I share in Walk, Run, Soar. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. This was great. Thanks so much. 
You can find Dorena at www.dorenagilmore.com. She's on Instagram and YouTube as Dorena Gilmore. She's also at the Walk, Run, Soar podcast. You can find her book, Walk, Run, Soar, wherever books are sold. I'll link to all of this in the show notes. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. You can find me at, at Kimberly Amici, and you can find the podcast at, at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.